Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Cortalinias podcast. I'm your host, Zach Lowy, the co-creator of Breaking Lawns. And I'm here today with an, an, a very special guest, Matteo Montero. Uh, Matteo is actually the first French guest we have had on the show. So really excited to have him on. There are some fantastic French accounts that uh, do some great work with Portuguese football, such as Travela, Golasso TV. Uh, Mateo's account is is fantastic. And really, he, if, if you want to stay up to, stay up to date with all things Braga, uh, he is your man. Definitely check out his account as well as Azone SC Braga, both very good accounts. But yeah, how are you doing today, Mateo? Zach, uh, thank you a lot for the invitation, for this presentation. <laughs> uh, very pleased to be here. You had a lot of great invite, um, great guests for during this podcast. Uh, so very pleased to be here and to talk about uh, Braga and Portuguese football. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure for me. Absolutely. Great account to follow. Definitely make sure you check them out. Um, you, I know, I know you went to the first leg of, of Braga's uh, match against Monaco where they won 2 nothing. Uh, how did you enjoy that? No, I'm going to the second leg tomorrow. Uh, first leg, I was still uh, here first in leg. France. Right. But uh, as a as a fan, uh, but uh, this uh, this first game against Monaco, against Monaco, it was it was a good game, I think, against a tough opponent, uh, a very good um, a good opponent with a very good individualities. Uh, as as Monaco uh, not doing the the best season. Uh, of of um, of the story of the club, but still a tough opponent. They were doing uh, great uh, in the Europa League uh, since since there. And uh, yes, uh, two um, uh, two nil uh, uh, victory uh, in the first leg is uh, quite good. Uh, I think it's uh, it's not the how the game uh, goes. Uh, I think Monaco did a very good very, very good uh, second half and uh, and uh, it's uh, but. As a as a Braga fan, uh, we uh, we took uh, this advantage and uh, we um, we go to the to the first uh, to the second leg with uh, with hope uh, to to reach for the first time since 2016. Now the quarterfinal of the of the Europa League. It's uh, it's a uh, a goal and uh, for for this season a quite complicated season. So so yes, this quarterfinal in Europa League it's uh, very important for us. Absolutely, Braga getting a two nothing win. Uh, in the first leg against Monaco. We'll see what happens with the second leg. But both of the goals scored by Abel Ruiz and uh, Vitor Oliveira, who came on as a substitute for Ruiz. Um, I wanted to start off by talking about, you know, Braga's center-forward situation because uh, Braga selling a selling Paulinho to Sporting for what was a club record fee for Sporting back in January 2020. Uh, so about a year and two months since that and and Braga I have have kind of struggled to fill that center forward position um they got Andras Forar on loan as part of the as part of the deal it's fair to say he didn't do that well before uh joining Middlesbrough on loan um and this summer they ended up getting Mario Gonzalez uh, who really was one of the breakout stars of last season for Tondela, ended up joining for a very cheap fee. I had very high expectations for Mario Gonzalez, but he really um, did not manage to uh, impress and ended up joining Tenerife on loan in January. 
But the center forward option has, has mainly been occupied by, by these two players, Abel Ruiz, um, you know, a La, Masi, a La Masia product who came to Braga as part of Barcelona's uh, purchase of Francisco Trincao um, and has, has actually ended up uh, becoming a, a full international for the Spanish national team. Uh, not, not that often that you get a Braga player who who is who is who has played for a team like La Roja. Um and we also have a player who we've talked a lot about on this show, uh Vitinha or Vitor Oliveira, a player who has really been um one of Braga's breakthrough stars, shall we say, 22 years of age, as 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 you know, made the step up to the first team, has scored quite a few goals. Um I'm curious, talk me a little bit about Braga's center forward situation. Do you think that they are covered? Do you think that they are well covered uh, at the center forward position, or do you think they're going to need to sign someone this summer? Um, I think right now we are well covered uh, because we have two this truth now because Mario Gonzalez was uh, long to um, to January fifth since uh, since January. Um, we have uh, these two these two players, two different players uh, in in terms of uh, of um, of profile. Another uh, is more to. To, to play in combinations uh, in the central corridor and beating a more player who, who likes to take the, the depth and to, to yes take the depth and um, and we are quite different players uh, I think we have one two players for one positions and um, mostly my concerns were, were the, the the last summer when when we took Mar Gonzalez and before that as you said when we, when we when we took Spora because Vitian was already here. Uh, we were in in the B team and was doing uh, an excellent job um, in the in our in our second team and and, uh, and despite that we we took um, we we took Sparra. Uh, he scored some goals but obviously it was not uh, uh, the, the 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 good players for for the for the club and uh, and after that Mar Gonzalez great player also uh, at the beginning it's, it's for me it's a good idea I think it's still a good player. Um, in this um, his season at Pondela was 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 great as you said, but we two times we didn't look what we had in the in the club in the academy and we had the players in Mbitinia who had uh, an evolution since uh, 2017 and since he's uh, in the club uh, in the in the academy uh, uh, fantastic and uh, an, unbe- an unbelievable for me evolution since since there but um, and we finally. Uh, did some place for him and for Abel Ruiz, and uh, I think for a club like Braga, having just two two strikers, it's enough. And two for me, two good striker, two good strikers uh, with different profiles, and uh, it's for me for me enough uh, right now for, for the club. Braga, perhaps obviously overshadowed overshadowed by Sporting, Benfica, and Porto, but they have done fairly well for themselves in terms of producing academy talent. Uh, you see the likes of, obviously, we've seen. You know, David Carmo, uh, Pedro Neto thriving at Wolves, Francisco Trincao. Uh, recently, it seems like this season we've seen a lot more players come from the academy and then doing quite well. Francisco Mora, Miguel Fale, uh, Leonardo Buta, Rodrigo Gomes, and obviously Vitinha. Um, what do you make of this uptick in, in academy talents? Do you feel like, do you, do you think that perhaps... Uh, there has been a renewed focus from the club, from Carlos Carvalhal, to to utilize more uh, academy players and and perhaps 
uh, try to do something similar to what, you know, the likes of Benfica and Porto have done, you know, utilize these players, sell them for big profits. Um, and, you know, we've seen this year how, how Braga have, have ended up selling quite a few players, Fran Sergio to Bordeaux, uh, Fabio Martins, Luther Singh, Ricardo Escaio, Wenderson Galeno, so on and so on. And those sales, they're all going to, you know, open up spots for, 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 for academy players, even if it's like a bit part, even if it's like a player like Lucas Piazon, um, you know, him going to Botafogo on loan, that is going to open up a spot for, for the likes of Miguel Fale to get some game time, even if it's just, you know, even if it's just a sporadic game time. Uh, what do you attribute uh, this this increase in in academy players? Um, I think during this season, uh, as I say, uh, a complicated season, uh, tough season for for us. I think we we are at the end of of an era. Uh, I call the the 2017 revolution with the when uh, guys like from Sergio, Raul Silva, Gallo, Paulinho, um, all these players. Uh, who, who did a very good job, very good job for, for the club, but uh, we're in 2022 now, five years five years since uh, since this um, A-team revolution, and uh, and now the the club, I think, and mostly Carlos Cavalier understand that uh, this season will be will be complicated, of course, and uh, to use uh, the next months uh, and uh, mostly the, the second half of the season, it is to to show to the clubs, to the fans, to the and mostly about to the, to the fans and to the socials that uh, we have an academy since five years uh, last uh, next uh, next June next July, uh, we have a uh, good players. You can use them and. Uh, uh, a, a team in Portugal who have an academy have to look before to the academy after and after that if you as the Virginia case if you don't have a player to to fill a sp- to fill the spot in the first team uh, okay now you can uh, you can um, search search um, um, a way uh, a way to the club but um, it's uh, very important it's one of the major uh, accomplishments for for Antonio Salvador since he's the president of the club is the academy and um, and so so I think the legacy of Carvalhal for for this season will be this legacy this turning point to to show that uh, that the academy have uh, are very good players not saying that all they're all the best players in Portugal not saying that I think the Seychelles in, in, in at Benfica is. Uh, is still the best of the best and one of the best in, in the world. But um, we are doing very good job. You say the names like Pedro Neto, Trincao, David Carmo. Uh, all these players uh, came uh, to the club before the, uh, the inauguration of the of the academy. So, um, so the, the, the a good job and was was made before the the all these infrastructures. But um, yes, I think the, the turning point the turning point will be this season to use this season because. We will not have titles like we like we did last year. So, so, so yes, and as you said, I think all, all these players uh, you mentioned, Miguel Farley and Rodrigo Gomez, uh, mostly are are very very talented players, and uh, they they will show us during the, the next few few seasons. Um, I hope so, and um, and uh, and that's it. Yeah, we saw quite a few academy players starting in Braga's recent match against Gil Vicente. Leonardo Buta, 19 years of age starting on the left side of defense um, alongside David Carmo and Vitor Tormena. Rodrigo Gomes starting at left wing back with uh, Vitor Oliveira playing at center forward. Um, Rodrigo Gomes is a player who I want to talk about 
on, on this show because I've been impressed with him over the past few weeks. He's 18 years of age. He's still, you know, obviously still looks like a teenager, fairly, you know, fairly small compared to his opponents. But um, he has done quite well, I would say, in the left wing back position. So the, the two of the main players who occupied that position, well, we've seen, we saw Nuno Sequeira, player who who is capable of playing on the left side of, of, of the back three or or in the wing back position, uh, I was actually at the game between Braga and Benfica, which was I think it was what six uh, one maybe at back in November. Mm-hmm. Um, very memorable night, but it, it it saw actually two season ending injuries between both Lucas Verissimo and uh, Nuno Sequeira. That has that and and Nuno Sequeira's injury combined with Wenderson Galeno's departure to Porto. Um, both of them kind of opening the door for Rodrigo Gomes to get a lot of consistent minutes at the left wing back position. Talk to me a little bit about this player, though, Rodrigo Gomes. What have you made of him? Uh, I will take the, the words of my president, uh, Antonio Salvador, saying that is uh, maybe uh, the, the best talent we, we had since, since Francisco Trincão. Uh, it's a different player like uh, like Trinko, a very different player um since uh, i know him in during the, this time his time in, in the academy i'm quite surprised with uh, with his evolution um at the, the left side of the pitch is uh, uh, since uh, since i know him is a is a is a player who played 90% 95% of the games uh, on the on the right wing or as a, a central forward uh, with two players in the front and uh, and still uh, with uh, mostly Arthur George in Arthur George uh, B team and another Turkish team um, on the right side of the pitch. So um, it's a quite new position for him uh, since uh, one month maybe uh, is this first game against against Passos de Ferra and um, and yes he impressed me impressed me with uh, because um, it was not just to carry the ball and to and to progress and to play the 1v1 situations it's uh, and taking the depth and is a, a player with an incredible pace and very uh, his main attributes but uh, this uh, Technical skill sometimes is pass uh, some paces uh, to to bypass the pressure. These kind of things we we can't um, we we can't we, we before it was difficult to solve these kind of skills because uh, it was uh, in his in his comfort zone in the right wing play uh, to use the depth uh, in in this right wing and as uh, this new position at, at this new position he he has the profile. Uh, to replace Galeno, of course, and I think Carlos Cabral understands that very well. And uh, but he's still a teenager. Yeah, I think uh, the progression during the last um, few games is it's very interesting. Uh, I'm um, I'm happy for him, and I think uh, it's uh, very good to see a player, a 19, a 19 years old player, a teenager like you said, uh, in the first team and playing regularly in the first team as a is doing uh, during the last few months during last uh, during last month and uh, and uh, that's it uh, uh, quite surprised with uh, his performances uh, on the on the left wing he has a great uh, future at the club and uh, in the first team on the right wing on the left wing we didn't we don't know but uh, very pleased with uh, his uh, last performances uh, with the, with the team sure for sure um, David Carmo, a player who I, I definitely consider to be one one uh, future center back for Portugal. You know, Portugal 
they definitely need to start looking for center forward, center backs in the post Pepe and Jose Font era. Both those players are getting up there in age. Uh, apart from Ruben Diaz, we don't see too many options. Uh, you have David Carmo, you have Gonzalo Ignacio, who's doing quite well at Sporting. Um, but I honestly think that Carmo is one of the better defensive prospects that that uh, that Braga has, and he just returned from a little over a year on the sidelines. Um, talk to me a little bit about Carmo. What have you made of him following his return from injury? Very impressed. More impressed than Rodrigo Gomez because uh, uh, he came from uh, an incredible injury. Uh, very difficult to, to manage. Uh, one year uh, out of, of the pitch and um, and his performances since uh, since he came back are, are quite uh, quite good. Very good even uh, with... Uh, some some defensive uh, actions uh, still is uh, left uh, left foot for from to to build up from from the back and uh, yes quite surprised I was very surprised with uh, his game against Monaco because it was not a simple game he had very tough opponents against uh, against him Moussa Benyedder and Voland even if Voland is not doing the same the, the greatest year of his career but. Uh, it was a, a more intense game uh, when we need more focus, and uh, and uh, with one year uh, out of the pitch, it, it was. I think it will not be easy, and uh, it was a very good, uh, a very good game from from him. We lost uh, last weekend against Juliente, but I think he did also a great, a great game. So since uh, his year, uh, it's like he never, he, he never um, injured uh, himself, but. Uh, in fact, one year passed against uh, uh, one year um, against uh, one year passed, and uh, he still has a, has a very good, uh, very good level. Uh, he still have to improve. Uh, one year ago, he still had to improve. Uh, and um, but uh, yes, as Rodrigo Gomez, uh, even maybe even more, I'm still uh, I'm surprised and very well surprised with. Uh, with his performances with the, with the two. Absolutely. Uh, another player who has been considered, you know, one of those rising stars in defense for Portugal is Diogo Leite. Uh, Diogo Leite started alongside Diogo Queiroz, another, uh, another Porto Academy product in, in Portugal's uh, recent U21 Euros um, and has been heralded as, as one of the better prospects that Portugal has in this position. But... Uh, you know, the, the the previous match found himself as an unused substitute with uh, Leonardo Buta partnering Vitor Tormena and David Carmo at the back. Talk to me a little bit about Diogo Leite. Uh, joined on loan from Porto with an option to buy for, I believe, 12 million euros. W- what have you made of Leite this season? I think uh, at the beginning it was, it was a good idea. Uh, because uh, from at the end of December we heard that uh, uh, Carmo still have a lot of months to 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 recover from his from his injury. So we search, uh, I think, um, a central defender with almost the same profile, a, a player with uh, also a great, a great uh, left foot, great to build uh, from the back and uh, and so on. And uh, but. It's uh, obvious that uh, that uh, this season is um, is disappointing for us. I think for Car for for the for the Golete too. Uh, the, uh, it, it, it's a player that when he was at Porto, I, I liked very well since the formation. So he, I think he he had a, a great future, but uh, it's obvious this season that it's not going well. I think he's not playing so much during the last few games because I think it's obvious that Braga will not spend 
uh, 12 million euros to to for, for him and uh, and we have other players who are not uh, on loan and who are academic players like like uh, Buta or not alone like like Tormina who is doing great since uh, since three games now also so yes some disappointment for for about his um, his performances at the club I think it was a good idea at the beginning but uh, uh, he cost a lot of some points in the championship and mostly some lot of points in the Europa League with some penalties um falls some falls uh, in our box uh, against Michelin against uh, Red Star uh, kind of uh, two 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 times against against Michelin so it was a, was a bad performances uh, don't saying that all the all his games were were bad but um, but uh, we we were hoping another level for for a player with uh, with um, uh, for a player from Porto, if you can say that, and uh, and it was not the case. Absolutely, some interesting talents we've discussed. Are there any young talents that are in the academy right now that you think we should be keeping an eye on? I can talk about Miguel Fale. He's in the team now, but is uh, uh, for now he's just a few minutes at the end of of, of some games. Uh, very different players like uh, like Rodrigo Gomez is more uh, at the beginning he was central forward. We uh, with the with the time he moved I think more for for um, uh, an offensive midfielder in a four three for a three four three formation. I think uh, on the on the left side is is is, is his best position and uh, um, the player. Um, uh, more for, for combinations to support uh, um, another forward and um, and uh, yeah 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 some goals uh, some goals too so yes uh, since uh, since he joined the academy uh, is a player who is still in the in the in the team uh, ahead of him when he was 16 he was with 17 when he was 17 he was with the under 23 team uh, now he's 18 and he's already with the A team. So uh, I think he, one of my my uh, talents, my preferred talents in, in the club. We talk about Rio Gomez, and uh, I think now he's a he's an 18 talent. Uh, um, we didn't talk about Roger too. Uh, surprise also with uh, with this player because with the pandemic, I didn't had the chance to 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 saw um, to saw him uh, before this uh, this season, and I think he's also. He, he, he has a lot of him to, to improve in his game, but the talent the talent is here. Um, and uh, I can talk about also Bernardo Couto. He's on, sometimes on the bench for the for the Europeans games, um, but he didn't uh, add still the chance to to play for, um, his first game. He's a passionate for 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 the club. He's a SC Braga fan, SC Braga socios too. So and a very talented midfielder who can play. Uh, as a as a height as a ten, uh, um, just behind the uh, forward on on the on the on the right on the on the left to win a four four two formation. So so yes, these three four talents I think are the are the best of their generations. If we take the two thousand five generation with Denis Rodriguez and Vincent are also great players for for the future for the future of the club. You know, I said I said at the time after the transfer window closed that Braga had the best transfer window uh, in Portugal, and I, I remember speaking with uh, another club executive in in Portugal who 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 isn't who isn't in charge of one of the big four, 
Um, you know, and he, and he talked to me like, okay, well, they may have the best window, but is that going to bridge the gap with the big three? It's clear to see that it hasn't. But uh, I overall, I was very excited for their window on paper. You know, bringing in Diogo Leite, uh, bringing in uh, bringing in Diogo Leite on loan, uh, bringing in Paulo Oliveira as well to reinforce the central defense, um, bringing in. Jan Kuto as well, a very highly regarded young talent from Manchester City. Kuto and Fabiano Silva have both really been vying it out for the right wing back position following Ricardo Escayo's departure to Sporting. Um, talk to me a little bit about Kuto and Fabiano. What what do you make of them as players? How would you compare them? Uh, who do you think should be the first choice? Uh, very different players too. Uh, Jan Kuto uh, obviously is uh, is a more technical and talented player. Uh, uh, when when we, when he is under pressure, uh, honestly, I think when we faced some some pressure and uh, from from the teams is is the, the obvious uh, solution uh, at uh, this full right full back position in the three four three formation of uh, of Carvalho. Uh, Fabiano, for me, uh, a lot more difficulties at this position mostly also mostly under pressure and uh, if i can remember the game the game against uh, against uh, vitara sport club uh, uh wasn't uh, the first choice it was it was it was fabiano and he had um, a lot of difficulties with the the vitoria pressure during the, the first half and uh, since this game which we saw uh fabiano as a center right center defender position and is obviously better better because he he faced the game and he's not he, he's not um uh, he faced the pressure better at at this position and he can can do this kind of uh to, to carry the ball since uh, since um, in in carry the ball as he as he does and uh, i think at the right fullback position is then for me it's Jan Kutu and it's uh, it's quite obvious at uh, now uh, at the central uh, right central defender i think we have honestly uh, a, a tough competition between him and uh, and Paulo Oliveira and uh, and uh, it's not very surprising last year fabiano at the academic Ecuador was playing in, in the back row at this right uh, Right fullback position, and it was more similar that is uh, now a right uh, central defender position, and he was and he did a, a quite good season last year in the second division. So, so I think it took time to Carvalho to understand that yes, the best position of of Fabiano um, is is uh, at the central back in the in his in his back three, and uh, and then Kudo have to, and I think tomorrow for the for the second game against Mago, he will also he will be. Uh, the the true uh, on the pitch one as a fullback and one and one as a as a central defender. Overall, I like both players. Fabiano, player who's playing at Academica Coimbra last season, player who's who's impressed in at right wing back and center back. I think more for his his pace and physicality than anything else. He's a very physically gifted player, uh, and that's something that will take you far in Portugal, especially. I mean, that's that's something that I think. Uh, is is really important in his game, but I'm curious because it it does seem like both with regards to center forward as well as right wing back, there's a lot of speculation and a lot of toss ups. Um, because you know, apart from Fabiano and Jan Kuto, Braga also have 
um, Tiago Escayo, who joined from Belenenstad, brother of Ricardo Escayo before joining uh, Aruca on loan, if I'm not mistaken. They also have uh, Zé Carlos, a player who, in my opinion, has been the best right back in Portugal this season. He joined Gil Vicente on loan, uh, was unable to play for Gil Vicente in, in their recent uh, match against Braga but has been fantastic. And I'm, I'm really excited uh, to see him doing well for them. I'm curious, how do you think the right wing back situation is going to uh, shape up for, for Braga next season? Do you see, um, do you, do you see Kuto, Fabiano and Zé Carlos being in the same team? No, no, I don't think so. I think Fabiano will stay. Uh, Ian Kuto is still uh, on loan from from City, and I don't think that uh, he will still a, a second year. Not saying that he's a, a bad player, uh, not at all. I think he, he's doing a, a, a good job um, at Braga, and uh, he has still a lot to improve. And I think he's in his uh, mostly in his uh, defensive positioning and uh, kind of uh, yes. Defensive positioning, and uh, I think next year it will be Zé Carlos and, and Fabiano, uh, and uh, you will have uh, Zé Carlos uh, to replace uh, Jan Kuto because uh, in terms of uh, of the player he is, is more similar as as Jan Kuto uh, to to handle the pressure. And uh, I remember the games against uh, the Gilles sitting game against Benfica. He, he bypassed the pressure of, of Everton and after of, of Darwin uh, very well. And I think it was a, one of the key of the game against against Befica for, for Gilles Vicente. And uh, I think he, he already had the level to play at Braga. And uh, last season, uh, he was in competition with uh, uh, the, the, the RoboCup, as Carvalho said, uh, who, who with, uh, with Ricardo, Ricardo Esgaio. And this year, um, Ricardo Esgayo left uh, left the club and uh, and uh, we decided to loan um, to loan the um, cars to Gilles Vicente. I think it was not a, a bad decision because having this first great experience in in Portugal in the um, uh, with a regular time to play uh, in a first uh, in the first uh, team division, uh, it, it is good for it. It was very good for him. Impressed, uh, he's still on loan, and uh, I think next year it will be uh, it will be Fabiano, maybe one of our uh, uh, B team player, Denis Pinto, was uh, called for for the game for for, for tomorrow against Monaco. He's also a, a very good a very good player and uh, a very talented player. I think uh, you can have a competition next year between mostly between the Carlos, Denis Pinto, and Fabiano, or maybe just against the Carlos and Denis Pinto. If we take in consideration the fact that Fabiano can can be during the, the next few seasons uh, at Braga a central defender. Absolutely, I think that Braga. It's 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 been an interesting season for them. It's kind of hard to describe um, because they are, in my opinion, they are sort of stuck in a purgatory. They are they are too good to fall out of the European spots, too bad as well to uh, to to make a serious challenge for the title. So been been interesting to see their growth as a club. I know that the president Antonio Salvador really is on a mission to make it a a big four, not a big three. Um, I think personally, I think we're quite a long ways away from that. I think that Braga. Um, they are clearly the, the fourth best team 
in Portugal. But in order to, to, to close the gap, you also need a big fan base. And I also think that Braga's fan base, I'm not sure if it's as big as Boa Vista or Vitoria de Guimarães. It's definitely one of the biggest in Portugal, but I'm not sure if it's bigger than either. But uh, overall, they, they, definitely, they definitely have come a long ways. What do you think have been the biggest reasons why you know, Braga have been able to leave other teams such as Boa Vista and Vitoria in the dust and, and really solidify themselves as the fourth best team in Portugal over the past two decades or so? Um, I think it's the direction. There's the, 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 the leaders of this club and mainly but it's mainly Antonio Salvador. I think without great leaders and uh, you, you can't uh, reach what Braga reached uh, during the, the last uh, two decades, I'm not saying last decade, two decades, titles, European finals in 2011 with the, with the Europa League and, and, uh, and so on. Uh, an academy infrastructures now. Um, I think uh, the, the progression of this club during the last uh, two decades and with the, with Andor Salvador, Antonio Salvador is uh, is uh, is good, it's unbelievable. Even can say that uh, kind of um, of superlatives. And uh, I think it was not the case with Boavista and uh, and and Vitória Sport clubs. There are two clubs with, as you say, fine base. Uh, great fan base, great fan bases, uh, great stadium, uh, a lot of a lot of potential, but not the leaders to do during the last decade the same the same things like Braga did during the last during the last two decades. Uh, you just saw with with Gimarange this last week they change again their president. I think you can't uh, reach. Um, things uh, like Braga did during the last few years. If you're if you're uh, changing or if you're uh, yes changing uh, your your president uh, each each few years, it can be complicated to have a long term project with this kind of um, of um, of uh, of management and uh, and that's it. Uh, after that. Eyeing for the big three, I think yes, it's uh, it's uh, it's difficult because in terms of resources, uh, we have, uh, and also with the pandemic, it was also difficult for for, for the club, for all the Portuguese clubs, for at least for for us, and uh, I think the clubs be, um, behind us, and uh, and that's it. But with with this uh, gap between us and the, the big three. Uh, in terms of in terms of resources, we managed during the last few decades to win trophies, to reach to reach finals, to reach some podiums, and um, and uh, and uh, yes, I think that um, we can still can do better. Of course, uh, as a as a fan, I think as mostly about as a, as a socios, I hope that my club uh, uh, will will still do better, but. Uh, but I think that it's we are at, in in a, in a good in our place, and uh, we are not underperforming. We can still do do better. I think uh, with uh, some some little changes. I think in the hierarchy and being a club more not saying more normal, but more uh, with a sport a true sporting director and kind of this and uh, being a, a a modern club. Uh, a more modern club, and uh, but uh, as a fan, as a socios, I think this season is is tough. Yes, complicated, but it's not uh, uh, the uh, it's not. Uh, I think it's the exception more than the rules 
more than the rule uh, for for the club during the last few years. And uh, but for the next year, for the next season, I hope so that uh, we will do better and we will will be more 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 competitive and uh, and reach uh, as we did last year finals and. Uh, and winning titles like and mostly the cups are still titles important for for us for the club and maybe one day the 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 the, the, the league and it's obvious that is the dream of all of us uh, as uh, as a fan as a socialist and the club I think.